stretching uh, and all that kind of stuff and I was, I, I was I've been praying about that and God said your Jonathan is coming very soon I'm walking through one of the corridors of the Bible school the next day and this fairly experienced prophetic minister who I didn't really know because he didn't actually live on site of the college walked up to me and he said God's told me to be your Jonathan his name wasn't Jonathan and I'm like wow so he started to take me on adventures 
and stretched me prophetically. And we, we, we did uh, missions around the UK. And then he took me to South Africa. And we were involved in setting up a, a hospital in northern South Africa where there was no medical care for a million people. We miraculously spent £100,000 worth of medical equipment, shipped it over to South Africa for free. We had a miracle of actually getting it imported because we forgot to get an import license. Uh, we had all sorts of adventures. We, we met with royalty and we were able as a team to prophesy over royalty. The secret police turned up in our meetings. We were chased by men with guns in Zimbabwe in the middle of the night. That's good for your prayer life. I'm jumping, I'm jumping into a pickup truck, jumping into the back, hiding behind the tailgate. And it's funny how you really can pray from both ends when it gets really terrifying. I'm oh, Jesus! Anyone money? Just save me! We're chased by guys middle of the night, uh, chased by rhinos, we had snakes in the houses where we were, we were clearing scorpions out of the shower. And I was a worship leader, I like Chris Bowwater. So you know I can stand like Chris, like tilted in a kind of holy manner that I impersonated because I thought it really did look holy. And I, I, would, I would lead worship. And so we were doing all these meetings right out into the bush and into some of the cities. And, and he would say, right, Jared, we're going to preach tonight. I'm like, no, no, you brought me as the worship leader. Because yeah, but there's more than that in you. There's more of that in you. And I said, no, 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 I, I like to play piano. You know, really meaning this is my safety zone. Don't you dare do that. But he, he got me up. I'm like, Jared's going to preach tonight. And I get up and I, I mumble away for 30 seconds, go dry, and then stop. And, and, uh, and then the next night he said, right, you're preaching again. I'm like, didn't you hear me yesterday? It does not work. Night two, I spoke for two minutes and dried up. Night three, I spoke for three minutes and dried up. Night four, I spoke for four minutes and dried up. I was like, King, can't you get it? I am not a preacher. By about night ten, he couldn't stop me. <laughs> I preached and preached and preached. He knew there was things in me that I couldn't see. See, I've been praying. I was a bit lonely. I was a bit... Um, I felt like my learning curve wasn't stretching enough. And I, I wanted to really grow in God. And actually... This man coming into my world was God's answer to my prayer. I want you to understand one really important fact in life. 90% of your prayers are answered through people. So if you've got issues with people, you will never receive God's fullness. People, be, people are one of God's sacraments. You receive God's grace through each other. And one of the most powerful points of a culture of the supernatural is a culture of honour. Now, honour is not buffing your cap to the leader. I know some pastors that insist that candles are lit before they turn up to their office on a Sunday morning. Now, I'm not talking about that kind of honour. I'm talking about an honour that truly understands who we all are yeah. and how we fit together and what we do. There's something very special about this community. And I believe God wants to stretch your concept of honor because I think you already have it. But I think God's saying, I want to supercharge it. Go to the Amen? So I'm going to do some scriptures together, is that okay? And, uh, and I, I'm literally going to dive through about five scriptures and I'm going to sew it all together and I hope you find yourself stirred and encouraged. Book of Ephesians. But I want you again, because I know as soon as I mention the word honour, some people zone out thinking he's talking about, you know, being nice to leaders. No, no, no. Follow my thread. You'll, if you catch this, how do you live in the supernatural? You start to understand 
what's really inside the church. The stuff that needs to break down. We don't need churches that have great moves of God just because a guest preacher comes or, you know, that kind of dynamic of hiring evangelism. We want cultures that carry a sense of God because we've built a temple for Him. Amen? That's what we're after. So, let's get some scriptural principles by reading some Bible. It's a lot more useful than the Quran to us this morning. Ephesians 4, verse 7. It says this, but to each one of us, grace has been apportioned, uh, has been given as Christ apportioned. <coughs> Say this, grace, grace has been given, been given to, everyone. to everyone. Everyone, everyone has, a has a portion of grace, grace. from Jesus. Jesus. Look to the person next to you, tell them, I need your portion. <laughs> it's how God moves. Right now it talks about leaders, but again, don't get stuck here. We're going to go further than this, but we're getting principles in place. Verse 11, it was he, it was Jesus who gave grace for some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? Not to do the work, but to prepare God's people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. Look at that. A grace gift enables us to be built up. Until we all reach unity. Say unity. unity. In the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Say mature. mature. Attaining to the whole measure. Oh, yabba dabba do. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We can only come to fullness when we get God's grace gifts. By recognizing the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, we release their gift into our lives and we become mature. Okay, so we all have a portion of grace. Romans 12, turn there. <coughs> Let's do it from... Um, it's all good, isn't it? Uh, verse 4. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function... So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Verse 6. We have different gifts. Listen to this. Uh, this. All of us now, don't just get stuck on apostles and prophets. We have different gifts according to the grace. That's the divine presence and merciful power of God coming into our lives. We all have different gifts according to the grace giving us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. We all have a grace from heaven. So actually, I'm going to meet God by meeting you. If we're functioning right, when I meet you, I'll meet God. Right? Right. More scriptures. Mark chapter 6. The principles of honour. It's the section titled in my NIV, A Prophet Without Honour. Jesus goes to his hometown. You probably know the piece. Let's read it. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Say amazed. Amazed. Uh, where did this man get these things, they asked? What's the wisdom that's been given him that he even does these miracles? Now look how quickly a line of thinking can change from amazed to offended. Yeah. 
It literally carries on. Uh, hang on a minute. Isn't this the carpenter? They're humanising divinity. <coughs> Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? Look, and it says, and they took offence at him. Hang on a minute, you were away, amazed a minute ago. How quickly do we go from amazed to offended? With each other. Here's the problem. The word offended it. Now, let me just finish it. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house, as a prophet without honour. He could not, he could not, he could not, he could not do any miracles. He could not. Do, Jesus, Son of God, could not do any miracles when there was no honour. Wow. Yeah, the doubt would do, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed, this is what dishonour is, at their lack of faith. Honour is faith. It's amazing. It says there, they took offence at him. See offence. The word, in the original language, is scandalizer. It's a great word, isn't it? You know what that means, saying scandalous. And it literally means this. This is what scandalous is. Just watch me for a second. It means to pick up a stone, throw it in your own path, and then trip over it. So you've got a grace for me. I'm amazed at you one minute, but then I get offended because you do something so normal and human. And I go, ah, but it's just you. And I get offended at you, which means this. I'm going to put a stone in my own path trip over and miss what you have for me. That's what it means to scandalize someone. I can no longer receive the grace from you. You see, because most of your prayers are going to be answered through people. I need healing, Lord. I need healing. I need healing. Right, it's that person over there. But I don't like them. <laughs> we don't think now. Listen, we don't normally have to think that. It can just be that they're just five years old. Or they're just a dull person. Or I know what they used to be like. Or even more interesting, I know what they still like. <laughs> when you stand on each other, the miraculous dries up. But when we focus on the divinity instead of the humanity, it's not denying that humanity is there, but what you focus on grows. When you focus on the divinity, something miraculous begins to happen in our culture. It's the culture of honor. And it's for everyone. It's not just about making sure that Amy feels good on the Monday morning. Amen. Mark chapter, so that's Mark chapter 6. Luke chapter 4, Jesus goes on to, to, to teach further about this. Luke 4. And uh, verse 23, I believe it is. Yeah, here we go. Jesus said to them, Surely you'll quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Uh, what did I say? Luke 20, yeah, okay, 23. Physician, heal yourself. Do heal in your hometown what we've heard that you did in Capernaum. Verse 24, I tell you the truth, Jesus continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you, listen to this now. If you want some understanding of the miraculous, listen to this. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel at Elijah's time, when the sky was shut up for three and a half years and there was severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any Israelite, but to a widow of foreign land, in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people were furious when they heard this. We see, we don't like to think that we're involved in the miracle. That the lens that I wear affects what I receive. 
We like to go, okay, Sirrah, Sirrah, it's up to God. No, no. No one in Israel could receive the prophet in a time of famine and let the miracle begin. No one in Israel could be healed. Only Naaman the Syrian was healed because he didn't have an issue with who was ministering to him. He just took the word of the man of God and went for it and the power of God was released. Our lens stops our miracle. Jesus said. No wonder they were offended, because we all like to leave it in the lap of the gods. No, no, no. We're supposed to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. And our lens matters, because it uses colors through each other. Why? Because Christ is in you. That's my hope of glory. Not Christ in the corner. Not Christ in another nation. Not Christ on a CD. Christ in you. That's what I need. But we need to realize, listen, God doesn't move through special people that blow in the dark. He moves through kids who pick their nose, have terrible taste in music, don't dress right, but they're carrying divinity inside them. And if only we focused on that instead of trying to control the outer, we started to to celebrate the inner divinity that we carry inside of each other and go, right, I know anyone in this church can pray for me and I'll be healed because this is a church that has a lens of honour and we get God is walking inside every heart. And when that starts to spread through a community, God starts to move in an incredible way. Last scripture, Matthew 10. Then we're going to string all of this together. Matthew 10. Okay, this is a good Bible study. Matthew 10, verse 14. Matthew 10, 40, Jesus speaking, it says, He who receives you, catch this, he who receives you, receives me. That's an amazing phrase. If they receive you, they'll receive me. In other words, the only way they're going to get me is coming through you. He receives me, receives me, and he who receives me, receives the one who sent me. In other words, I get a pathway all the way to the Father. If I can receive the grace gift in Amy, I'll get to what bit of Jesus is living in Amy. Forget what Amy's like. Forget if he combed his hair. Forget if he's got bad, got bad breath because he had a curry yesterday. <laughs> Mine's a bit dodgy. I'm, I'm stuck in Tic Tacs like... <laughs> Forget all the human stuff, whether he had a bad morning that morning, I know whether he's in a good mood or a bad mood, there's a grace piece of Jesus inside Amy. And if I could honor Amy and not get distracted by his humanity, I'll receive the gift within him and heaven will start to flow. Even better than that, I get a pathway all the way to the Father through Jesus in Amy. I connect to God through people. Wow. Wow. You see, faith is what we give God. Honour is faith in God in others. Faith in God in others. In other words, for all of your humanity, I know the limitless God lives inside you. Stuff begins to break out when we have this attitude. Let's finish it. Anyone who receives a prophet, because he's a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. Oh, I always used to like that, because I used to think, right, I'll, I'll give a prophet a glass of water, I'll get his mansion in heaven, that's easy, isn't it? You don't have to go through all the pain of being a prophet, I'll give him a cup, 
water or just be nice to him or, you know, smile or give him ten quid or something like that and I'll get all his blessing in him. It doesn't mean that, unfortunately. It means this. If you receive a prophet recognizing that he's a prophet, the prophet will be released to you. In other words, I have responsibility to activate your gift by how I perceive you. Got to clean my lens and look not for your position, title, or humanity, but I've got to ask the question: What's in you from heaven? I'm going to help you release that, but I can also block it because it goes on to say, and he who receives um, a, a righteous man. Because he's a righteous man, will receive a righteous man's reward. The word righteous is in the original there. It literally means, he who receives a prophet is a prophet, will receive a prophet. But he who receives a man to be just a man, he'll just get a man. You with me? Receive a prophet as a prophet, you'll get a prophet. I need the word of the Lord! I've got to recognize a prophet. But if you receive a man, it's just a man. All you get is a man. Well, that was a bit of nothing. That's taken the weight off the guest preacher's shoulders there, whether he goes well this morning or badly, it's up to you. <laughs> now here's the point. Oh, I to the mouths of babes and children. Oh, I feel like that on the Monday morning sometime daily after church. How we receive each other will dictate the depth of the power of God in our community. Here's how it works. So, I remember being in a meeting once, and uh, a large meeting, and, um, and it was near the end of the meeting, there was lots of healers going on, all this kind of stuff, and uh, the leader of the denomination was kind of pushed towards me, and they said, he's really, really sick. But uh, you could tell by his whole demeanor that he didn't want me to pray for him, because everybody that loved him was pushing him towards me. And I could, you know, it's quite a while ago, so I look even more shockingly young than I look now. Just smile at that, just humour me. That's my humanity, just humour my humanity. So I'm looking up at this, this, this man of God, who's very, very, very good. And um, I knew immediately he didn't expect anything to happen. I put my hand on his shoulder and I knew immediately nothing was going to happen. Because I was just some young swab. But do you understand what I mean by that? Just a kid. What was I going and the power of God is like electricity. When you touch some lives, you know it's like steel. The power of God's on the fly. When you touch others, you know there's no expectation of anything from you. And that usually means nothing's going to happen. So I did what I always do. I touched, I didn't even like, like electricity touching a block of wood. Nothing. Not a spark of heaven. So I just blessed him. I, I still prayed that he be healed and went on my way, knowing that the lens had changed the moment. A little while later, I remember being, I was sick as a dog myself actually, and I got a call from someone saying, look, would you come and pray for this person that's got cancer? And it's, it's a re really bad way, and I was like, oh, I've got to be honest, I wasn't really feeling very compassionate or in the mood. I was like, oh, come on, get your church to rise up. That's what I felt like saying, and I felt God saying, no, you go. I'm okay. Well, I was turning out feeling a bit kind of dutiful. You know, I've got enough going on in my life, but I've squeezed it in. I was like, no, I, I should go. This, this lady really feels so I turned up feeling ill, in unbelief and doubt, a little bit dry, I think I was off work ill at the time. So I turn up here, oh, what am I doing? You know, it's, I'm sure it's going to bless and I hope, hope slightly encouraged, but I've got no, absolutely no faith that any healing's going to take place. I walk into this place 
And they look at me, and I look at them, and suddenly electricity. They activate something inside of me. And I, I, now, this is my response. They think something's going to happen. <laughs> so I'm keen with God work. They think something's going to happen. Okay, so I'm getting there. Now you're here, and I'm like, then you are as sick as a dog yourself. Now you're here. Yeah, but we're going to pray, right? Okay. And they started to pray, and I tell you, the presence of God filled that room. Their hearts were high with expectation. Why? Because they didn't really know me. <laughs> what in my church? Didn't really know me. I laid hands on this woman, and I'm telling you, the power of God flowed through me. She went to the doctors the next day. The cancer, which was visible, cleared. Wow. She reached into my gut and pulled Jesus out. Because yeah. their lens was correct. And yet, man of God has just begun to swap. Put the wrong sunglasses on that day and missed the moment of Jesus. We do it all the time. We need to learn to receive through others. Amen? Yeah. So listen, just to put all this together, that's really my teaching. So I'm just going to bring some headlines and some conclusions together. Is that okay? Let's see, see if it, it, it falls together for you. So I'm going to give you 33 points on honour. Okay, I'm going to do it in four minutes. So number one, catch this, lesson number one. It's not really 33, don't worry. It's 31. Um, number one, honour activates reward. My, the way I perceive you is going to reward me. So if I humanise you, gossip about you, scandalise you, Obsess on what you're not. We could do that for everyone. We could do that for everyone. We could concentrate on all of your weak points and what you're not. That's why we're a body. I'm a right leg. Oh Lord, but I haven't got a left one. I need someone who's a left leg to hold us up. That's why we need each other. There was a comedian pulled into a into a, a, a like a comedy fest thing, and, uh, and and it was for the armed forces in America. And he said, "Look, I, I'll give you ten minutes, but I've got to get to my next thing." And the comedian goes out there. Forty minutes later, he comes off stage, and they said, "How come you took so long?" He said, "You're only going to be ten minutes." He said, "You should have seen two servicemen on the front row. One had a right arm, and the other had a left arm." And they sat there, and the only way they could clap was to clap together. And they clapped so strong every time I told the joke, I just had to keep going because I thought, wow, that is beautiful humanity. We've all got bits that aren't working. So what? None of us will be fully repaired until we get to heaven. Let's start to obsess on the work of the cross, what Jesus did, who we are in Christ, who we can rise to be. Thank you for clapping, both of you. <laughs> Number two. Honor believes the one he sends. Listen to this scripture. Jesus said this, John 6, 29. Jesus said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Yeah. Yeah. Our belief in each other. Let me pull that over to what I'm talking about now, because it's a principle. Most of the work is in our belief of each other. Yeah. Ever try to lead a connect group or a house group that doesn't respect your leadership? You have to resort to command and control. You can't use honor. Ever try to bring about a change in an unruly teenager that doesn't respect your authority? It's a horrible place to live, isn't it? Ever try to lead a church? So, keep quiet. <laughs> honor, which is this, cooperation, makes life wonderful. 
So 90% of the work is this. I believe in you. Let's do it. It doesn't mean I have to agree with every decision, but I believe in Christ only. Let's go have some fun. Let's stop having these stand-ups and these frustrations. Let's believe in each other and see God made. Amen? Amen. Uh, number three, honour recognises the gift, not just the title or the position. Recognising position is good. Recognising Eddie's the pastor, we'll call him pastor, nobody in my church calls him the pastor, because if you call me pastor, you're going to be bitterly disappointed, because I'm not a pastor. So I tell him, recognise, I don't care what you call me, as long as it's nice, <laughs> recognise the gift. You don't need to dock your cat. It's about recognising the bit of God in each other. That's where divinity lives. So, okay, recognise the position, but listen, recognise the gift. Yeah. Amen, that's what the real power is. Number five, honour is comfortable with inequality. That goes down well. See, because we're all different, and we're all equally loved, but we have different gifts. Let's start to enjoy who we are and be comfortable in our own skin. There's nothing more ugly than envy. A friend of mine, Bob Salty, an author, he's an icon, he, 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 was, he was walking through an airport, and he, he saw a, a clutch of women all laughing, they were holding books, and he could tell straight away they were Christians, they'd probably been to a conference or something, and they're all laughing, they had all these books, and he's, he's walking through the airport, he's an author, so he's thinking, I wonder what, what book they're reading, so he's trying to catch what book it is as he walks along in a way that they can't see, and then he reads it, and it says, The Purpose-Driven Life, Rip Warren. And he said, something rose in my heart that I didn't know was there. My heart said, I hate that guy. <laughs> I don't even know him. That's what envy does in the human heart. Creates an ugly language with no real facts to it. And so we dislike someone and there's no reason. Actually, the root of it is envy. See, Bob would say, envy is the most common problem that no one's got. Uh, we gotta start appreciating each other. Okay, you're great at that. I'm not so great at that. That's cool. I glory in my weakness, Paul said. Amen. Honor's comfortable with inequality. Number six, honor is the community culture of the supernatural. I love this picture in the temple and where you've got two cherubim facing each other and the glory of God appearing between them. There's something about the supernatural that if I perceive who you really are, and you perceive who I really am, and we're walking in love and worship of God, I believe the glory of God exists between us. We're a temple being built together for God to dwell in by His Spirit. If we can start getting each other, something miraculous can break out. We need to get each other and grasp each other. Uh, number seven, Jesus honoured in all directions. He honoured children. The only people that he didn't really seem to honour, it wasn't the immoral, it was the religious and the proud. Yeah. They're the ones he had a good go at. But he honoured children, let them come to me. I love, I love to see the miraculous happen through children, because it mucks up our thinking. I remember a friend of mine, a friend that took me to South Africa and really was an answer to prayer and changed my life in the early 90s. He, he fell off the stepladder, he was trying to fix a light bulb in a high ceiling, he fell off the stepladder, fell on the floor, he'd really hurt his back, he's screaming out, Richard, who's his five-year-old son, Richard, get your mother, I need an ambulance, he's screaming, Richard comes toddling in, and he sees his daddy, Richard, get your mother now, he walks over to him, completely ignoring his daddy, slaps his hand on his daddy's hip, slaps the other hand in his ear, impersonating his daddy, and said, oh God, please heal my daddy. And Brian goes, oh, for heaven's sake, Richard, will you? 
<laughs> a couple of months ago in our school, one of our, one of our five-year-olds broke her foot on a trampoline at home. She went to hospital, they did an x-ray, found a break, put a temporary cast on it. She went to school, she's in my son's class. So we're talking about five, six, seven-year-olds in our Christian school praying for healing for each other. They prayed in the class. She went back a week later for a second x-ray and a permanent cast to go on her leg. They x-rayed it a second time, there was no break. God can flow through children because they got no legs issues. They're quite happy with somebody who clicks in around one minute and then uses that same hand to lay hands on. <laughs> we got issues. It's God can move through you. Right? We need to grasp this. Oh, Jesus on it in all directions. Number eight, sometimes your humanity is screaming so loud no one can see your divinity. Get up. Number nine, honour. Listen, I want you to catch this, because again, we understand what honour feels like this. Don't we all want to live in this? Listen, it's not henpecked followers, it's not being under the thumb, it's not being controlled, manipulated, or abused at all. That is not good leadership, it's not good friendship, it's not good parenting, and it's not the church of the living God. This is what honour is. It feels like warmth, fun, team, closeness, safety, friendship, cooperation. Maturity, loyalty, <coughs> kindness. I see you. I get you. I understand you. I forgive you. Community, unity, hope. We're all broken. We can do this together. That's what honor feels like. And we want to build that community. Amen? And finally, my last point. Honor covers the Father's weakness. Did anybody see the Noah movie? Remember the Noah movie? Wasn't it awful? <coughs> it was terrible. And I had lots of people contacting me saying, oh, it, it, it's so unscriptural. And I'm like, well, that didn't really bother me. I expected it to be unscriptural. <coughs> that's, that, that's what you expect in a movie like that. But I got one that said, oh, I really didn't like the Noah movie. It's so unscriptural. They made Noah out to be a drunk. <laughs> now, if, if you're going to object to the scriptural nature of a movie, read the scriptures. <laughs> <laughs> After we're all happy, back in the vineyard, and got drunk, and there's a little event at the end there. And this is the culture of honor. Grasp this in one picture. So, the one son finds Noah drunk, lying naked on the floor. And he stands there and gawks. Wow, man. The other two sons won't even look on their father's nakedness. They get a blanket, put it over their shoulders, walk in backwards. They refuse to obsess on the humanity of their father. They walk in backwards and lay the cloth over their father. And history goes on to show they were the blessed sons. The one that walked didn't receive full reward. This love covers over a multitude of sins. Doesn't focus on forgives. If God says, as far as the east is from the west, so far I'll remove your sins from you, that's what we've got to do for each other. If God says, I'll remember them no more, that's what we've got to do for each other. If God says, I will not treat you as your sins deserve, that's what we've got to do for each other. We've got to be like the Apostle Paul. I know no man after the flesh. I will not spend my time focusing on your weakness or your inability or what you once did. I'm going to focus on finding the divinity in you and releasing Christ in you, in our children, in our teenagers. We've got teenagers that lit literally have seen dozens of deaf ears open every few weeks as periods of moves of God in our church. Teenagers who've got people out of wheelchairs. Teenagers who on the streets will pray and take out hearing aids and see things like that. Why? Because we go, guys, you can do it. Go for it. And I'm really inside and we're like, 
Why? Because, listen, it, it's not about special men of God. It's about a special church carrying the presence of God together into this hurting world. We've got to start forgiving each other and loving each other. Let's stand together in the presence of God. Would you just There is freedom.